Hello and welcome to The Game Is About Glory. I'm your host, Steph, and joining me are Ram and Milo. Hello, chaps. Hi, Steph. Hey, Steph. How's your weekend been? Uh, mine's been pretty good, although so I, we went to an English heritage place with my son today and went and visited a garden centre on the way back. And both at the kind of the English heritage place and the garden centre, we had to walk him through past a load of toys and he was k- kicking and screaming because <laughs> he couldn't get what he wanted. And um, it, reminded, it reminded me very much of... Mm. Um, <laughs> what yesterday's opponents have been like I since. Guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I just can't get what I want. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Ram? Yeah, all good. I was at the game yesterday, which we'll talk a bit more about. Um, Only a bit. Upcoming, just, just a, a tiny bit. bit, mate. Just a tiny um, bit. And then I had to drop uh, my partner and son off at the airport first thing this morning. Um, they were off to Poland for a few days. Uh, and then... Yeah, I've just been. We've just moved house, so I'm just, uh, I'm just like in a sea of boxes, and I'm slowly getting through everything. So that's been my day today. Excellent. I uh, found myself. My wife and I went to the first of a massive two-day electronic festival here in the Bay Area called Portola. I um, <clears throat> I wore my Tim Sherwood issue uh, <laughs> uh, Spurs <laughs> gilet because it gets a little chilly out there, and uh, you know, at, at night on the docks, and uh, with its iridescent Tottenham crest, I managed to get several fist bumps from very, very. Uh, uh, happy uh, Spurs supporters and uh, caught the eye of a couple of scousers and uh, yeah managed to tune out the, the the beginnings of their bleatings. It was uh, but but they were all up. For, even the American scousers were about to just start going on and on. Just sort of, I, I smiled and walked away. Deafening. It's a def. It's been deafening, isn't it? Cacophonous almost. And I don't know. I have to say this though. Uh, I, I mean, join in and tell me if you agree. But when Pedro Porro whipped over that uh, pretty vicious cross, uh, what was it, in the ninety seventh minute, I think. For, yeah. for for Joel Matip to smash into his own net. By the way, Valise was hanging for a tap-in, we should point that out, and give us a 2-1 win over Liverpool at the lane yesterday. I did find myself wondering if there could be any more perfect a way to finally beat Liverpool after years of, well, I'd written here close calls. I'm just going to call it as it is in the spirit of the weekend. Terrible calls against us in the past and poor refereeing decisions, right? I mean, do, do, do we agree, chaps? Yeah, I think... Um... I think that they've got some cheek whinging about, you know, a, stink, a stinking decision going against them. It's it, it kind of feels like they've had the the run against us, and uh, I'm not I'm not crying too much over what happened yesterday. No, but you were crying in the part lane nearly. I mean, you probably weren't crying, right? But you were going bring us bring us to the part lane in the fight at the final whistle, Rem, because you of the three of us were there. Do you know what? As the final whistle went, it. Felt like it took a moment for everyone to get their breath back and take in what had just happened. It wasn't like, you know, the, the whistle went. It wasn't like there was this huge roar. It just was almost like just relief um, because, you know, we were trying to make this two-man advantage count and it was, you know, there was a lot of anxiety in that um, in that second half. But um, I actually had to put on Freed from Desire before writing my notes uh, <laughs> just to bring me back to that moment because when it hit the PA, that's when the party, that's when it became party central, you know, and um, it's become such a staple at home this season for mm. the team to dance in front of the south stand sunny to give us the double fist um pump and then like big Ange to orchestrate angel angels for a moment before heading back into the tunnel so i left after that but the stand was still loaded with bodies and the concourse party went on even later than that so you know it, it's just 
it's just good times. It's happy days at the lane. Actually, probably, possibly uh, ruin this pod at the beginning by singing some Schadenfreude song in the Ode to Joy, Beethoven, to whatever. You came up with a much better No, I'm not song. doing it, Steph. I'm not doing it. Let's get on to the questions. <laughs> so Milo sang Sunday, Monday, happy days. That's what he sang. And, and, he's, and he's too shy to sing it now. No, it's just going to feel forced if you just kind of crowbar it in. No, it's not. It wasn't crowbar. It wasn't crowbarred in. It was perfect. Ram said it felt like happy days. It was perfect. Yeah. I was disappointed you didn't jump in, the man of your timing. But anyway, <laughs> we've done it for you. Um, yes, we, well, we sort of have started talking about the game. But, you know, to your point, and this is something that is uh, well worth um, expanding upon, so much has been made of, of the decisions. And of course, we're going to talk about them. As you quite rightly said, everyone has forgotten that there was actually a, a pretty good game of football going on and that we were really very, very good. And we played very well uh, in, in the, you know, did some great stuff and we will get into that. Team selection. Um, why don't you kick us off with that, Milo? Well, it's just one change, Richie coming in for, for Johnson. Um, yeah. As I said last week, the rest of the team picks itself. Um, you know, little mini injury crisis up front kind of forced that. Um, makes sense. Yeah, it's quite I, a shift, though, isn't it? Yeah, I was actually a bit surprised with Richie starting ahead of Solomon because I thought Andrew mm. um, go for the pace down the wing, and I didn't obviously I didn't think Sonny would start on the left with his form being so good down the middle. But then the rest of the team was as expected for me. Yeah, I agree. And uh, well, you wanted to break this into three phases, and I think that's probably a good way of doing it. Uh, so those three phases are: how do we play against eleven men? We'll start there. <laughs> Ram, why don't you start? <laughs> um, I thought it was a pretty frenetic start from both teams. Um, I think we were really, you know, it was a kind of going going at each other and just trying to jostle for a bit of dominance. Um, I thought I thought both teams started well, you know, and um, but uh, the pace of our game noticeably slowed down when building from the back, and we seemed to want to draw Liverpool out and then break through their press. That was just my understanding of it. Um, I do think we missed some opportunities for a ball over the top at that point. Um, but I think we defended really well, despite being stretched at times, which was, which again is always going to happen with the way we play. Um, I thought VDV had probably his best game in, in, in our shirt for me. Um, but I thought they all stood up to the Liverpool forwards well, but then got their tackles inch perfect when required. Yeah, I mean, so it was me who put it in kind of against 11, against 10, against 9. Um, kind of rewatching oh, really the, the surprise. Re- rewatching the game today, I think probably I would say up up to our goal, up to half time, second half up until Yota sent off, and then the rest of the game. So up until our goal, I thought we were pretty good. I thought um, I thought we dealt with Liverpool pretty good, uh, pretty well. I managed to play through them. Um, kind of their mid block. Um, I thought we had quite, once we'd set, settled out, sorted out what they were doing and uh, kind of settled in the game, I thought we had quite a lot of joy with that. Um, on the commentary on Sky, I think that maybe this is going to be a problem we're going to have all season. I think a lot of the commentators don't understand what we're doing and, um, kind of make kind of their standard, um, kind of stats that they put up on screen and stuff don't really apply, you know, apply to us very well or don't show what we're doing particularly well. So I think that kind of sets a narrative and, and Gary Neville's been appalling with us this year. I think like this season, I think last week he was trying to get Udogi uh, substituted from about the 15 minutes onwards and uh, previously had slated Poro. Um, and again, I just thought he had a pretty poor game. So anyway, I'm not, I'm not You're talking I'm, about I'm, Neville. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, right. com- I'm not commentating on the commentators. So, um, yeah, so I think again, up, up to our goal, I thought we played pretty well. I think, um, after we scored, I thought we were really sloppy and got yeah. a bit complacent. 
and um, allowed Liverpool to get back into it. And, you know, they're a really, really strong counter-attacking side. And I think um, I think that was pretty poor. Um, and then I think in the second half, when we came out, I thought we were very, very good up until the sending off. And then I think against nine men, I thought we were really poor. And I think overall, actually, I think this was probably our worst performance of the season. Wow. Well, <clears throat> you'll be uh, maybe unsurprised to note that I have a different take on it. Um, let's bear in mind that when we watch these games against these teams, for me, the manager keeps on stressing that we're going to school. These, we're learning. We're learning on the job. And Liverpool presented several different challenges in one game, uh, the likes of which I don't think we're going to face again this season. Uh, against 11 men, I don't think enough has been made of how excellently we played through the press in the middle. Um, as some of the most intricate uh, football I've seen mm-hmm. us play um, all season yeah. uh, and for many seasons. And I don't think enough has been made of it. It was absolutely superb. Time after time breaking through. And that's where, this is where the thinness of squad, relatively speaking, or shall we say the weight of injuries in that squad, particularly our left-hand side, you're looking and you're really wishing we had a little more pace on the left at that point. I think a little more pace would have would have made things a little faster when we broke that press. Um, that's not to say Richie didn't do very well. He had, a, he had a fine game, but, you know, he's not a pace man. So I thought that that may be... Uh, I see a hand go up already. I re- I really disagree with that. I thought he played really well against in that early phase. I thought he had three I really good. He played well too. I, not I thought disagree. I thought he had three really good moves. Um, you know, and obviously the you know the goal came from him getting in behind. So I, I thought he was fine. I thought he was fine. Um, I don't. But think, but, I don't... but but that's dialect, the dialectic thinking here. If I may, I'm not saying I said I actually noted that I thought he had a really good game. I'm not. To, it's nothing to do with his performance at all. Richie's Richie, and he played extremely well. And did create several chances, uh, including one before the conversion, which frankly someone should have gambled on because that's a tap in. So I think he did very, very well. And that's not the point I'm making. I'm just saying I think at that point, when you break that, when you break through that midfield in that way, if you had a little more pace out there, you could play the ball behind the fullback and possibly get more joy that way. Having said that, again, so let me be clear again. Well, I don't need to clarify it again. I've clarified the point that I'm making. Richie did have a good game, but I just think I wish we'd had a bit more pace out there. Um, I thought against 10 men, you know, it's it's a challenge. I mean, th- this is an excellent football side. Liverpool, Liverpool are a really, really good side. I, I don't think we dropped off more than we're suddenly learning how a team like that will adapt and, and, and shift and, 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 you know, take on the challenge that's ahead of them. And when it went to nine, I, I don't think, I, I think that's one of the most difficult games of football you can possibly play it's basically an attack versus defense drill against the side who are playing in the in the last quarter of the field if you will and and when you you, again this is where the lack of natural width that we maybe didn't have well Solomon is wide we just it's very tough to break through very tough and our patience in doing so was excellent and and we got there in the end yeah I mean I I think on the Richie thing like on the pace I really don't think the pace was a problem there I think um I think he was fine. He got in behind them plenty. And I don't think, I, th- I think, you know, the only player we've got who possibly, you know, would have been better at that would have been Johnson. I think certainly late in the game, I think we really missed him, but I thought Richie was really effective. Um, I think, I think my point about the kind of the sloppiness after we scored, I just think we got a bit complacent. I think, I, th- I agree with you kind of early in the game, the kind of close passing in central midfield was really, really good. But I think after we scored, 
I just think we we laboured it a bit. We did a bit too much, and I think Liverpool it allowed Liverpool back in, and they're just such a strong counter attack inside. I think you know you're absolutely right on kind of that point, and I think because of the way they play, actually being uh, with ten men, it didn't really make a lot of difference to how they were going to how they're going to play that game. I swear Liverpool are stronger with ten men because <laughs> you could see the space left by Jones's dismissal, but there was a real danger of us getting picked off because they got even more direct. Absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. and um, thank you. With they it, are the, that's yeah one hundred percent. And even with nine men, mm. we showed maturity again beyond our years to not. Uh, most sides would have gone hell for leather. I will. <clears> I, I will say though, with Liverpool, I, th- I actually think we need to give them credit. For, because I think they forced us to play congested and it was actually a bit of a masterclass in defending with two men down from them. Mm. Um, I don't know any teams right now that could live with us with two men down, um, <laughs> but I think Liverpool showed their, their experience and you know and they almost pulled yeah. off a point up until the last couple yeah, of I mean, seconds. Th- this, this is a side that have been together under a cohesive exactly. leadership for eight seasons. Yeah. We're a side that have been together under a cohesive leadership for three months. Yeah. And we played the maturity of one that's been maybe a few years ahead. I, I thought that at nine, it was a very dangerous game. I'd- very dangerous. Yeah, I think I think that, that all that's true. I'm just trying to look at learning points from this. And if you in the same situa- situation again, what would you do better? And I think I thought Solomon was really poor. He kept coming inside. He was making the pitch too narrow, which made it a lot easier for uh, Liverpool to defend. I think Decky was guilty of doing the same thing. Um, I thought I thought Madison was pretty poor actually. Once once they went down to nine, and because everything was going through him, um, I don't think that helped. I think Romero as being the central defender who who pushes up. In central defence, him holding the ball, drawing a player on, and then playing the pass is a real asset. I think in this situation, it wasn't. So I think we just slowed things down too much. We were coming inside too much. We became a bit too predictable. And I think that made it a lot harder for us to break down, um, break Liverpool down. And I, th- I, I don't think, I think Ange got some of the subs wrong as well. I, I don't think, I think we could have done more with it. I think, you know, obviously, I think players we've got missing at the moment, Johnson would have been a real asset. I think obviously Perisic would have been a huge asset um, in that situation. But I thought we were just, yeah, we just made it a bit too easy, I think, for Liverpool. Wow. Okay. Do you think think that that, I think what I, yeah, I think what I'm trying to say is that I think Liverpool guided us into Mm -hmm. playing like that. Yeah, Um, they went went three, four, they went three, four, one. And yeah. they sat in the last third of the field. I mean, yeah. I don't care if you've got 15 on, on nine at that point. It's I, I, very I, I, hard to get behind. I would have said they went 5-3-0. But I mean, um, yeah, I, I think that's true. I mean, I think it's really, it's really difficult. I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay that. I'm just saying that if you want to find a way through that, I think you've got to be a lot quicker. You've got to stretch the, the, the defence. You've got to try and get in behind. And we weren't doing that enough. Both Decky and Solomon were coming inside. I thought we were a bit too slow. And I think you know, there was a couple of times we had breaks yeah. in it. I think there's a couple of times we had breaks where we looked um, looked dangerous, but there weren't enough of them. And we just, yeah, just slowed I, things I, down a bit. I, I mean, the one in changes I would have made, I thought, I think Sars another one. I mean, he came off um, reasonably early after they went down to nine men, but he, his use of the ball, his passing isn't great. He's a bit, you know, I think I said before, he's, he tends to overhit passes a little bit. He's a little, uh, they're a little bit bouncy, not always the easiest control. I think at that point, I probably would have brought on Royale and moved. De- uh, moved Poro to uh, to um, right wing and 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 pulled De- and pulled Decky into the number eight position and just, just tried make, to find a way through. Can we just make a note of that, please? So uh, 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 eighteen minutes in, 
uh, Milo yeah. said we should have brought Royale on. I think yeah. I, I would have finally, finally. No, I, I, I like I like him. It's horses for courses, isn't it? I, th- I just th- I think I think I think Decky at eight rather than Skip and Poro pushed forward. You know, I mean that's where the goal came from. Um, I think I think would have been better at trying to break them down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I, I Decky in an, in an eight, yeah, maybe. But you've got those so congested in the middle. I'm just mm. not convinced it would have worked. Solomon, I agree with. I thought he uh, showed he showed yesterday what he is, which is he's a competent squad player. But when you put him in an, in an unreasonable situation such as that, he's not going to produce the winner. Madison, I think, was playing hurt anyway. I fully believe mm, that. I think he's playing true. an injury. Um, so go on, Ram. You Can we just talk in. about the goal quickly? What, mm. Which one? Our, our first goal. He was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I and actually, like... Richie had done that once before, hadn't he? Yeah, yeah, he had. Yeah, he I hasn't just actually thought... quite even had to get behind uh, his man at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah Ricky has said on here before that um, we seem to be... Um, we're playing the less obvious balls really well, yeah. which I totally agree with. But actually, we're doing the obvious really well too as well because even someone as like tactically illiterate as I am could see that ball for, that Madders had to play. It wasn't an easy ball to play, but I could see That's that that pass. was a ball he needed to play, and it was an gr- incredible pass. And then, yeah. and then Richarlison found um, Sonny with a lovely weighted pass as well across, you know. And and um, and Sonny's making that run across as well. Yeah. He's making it. Yeah. He's sort of running towards the near. It's the second week in a row he scored yeah. a fairly similar finish. Which is a bit of great, and we've been begging for that for three seasons. Mm. It's kind of, it's kind of <laughs> little snap finishes. Yeah, I mean, that, I'd say that Richie Ball, I would say the Madison pass is probably pass of the season. It, it took out two lines of defence, just a perfect mm. pass. The one before you're thinking of is when, again, Richie got in behind, yep. put the fizzing, the fizzing cross, and, and Decky was, um, was, was blocked on getting on the end of it at the, at the far post. Um, I yeah, think, yeah. I don't think anybody quite believed that that ball was coming because because Rich because Richie almost played it. He didn't quite have to get behind his man to play it. He almost and, played it around the corner. Yeah, mm. and R- Richie had one off the post as well, uh, off the yeah. upright a little bit later yeah. on that half. Yeah, I, I think as well when we look at how to break down a team of nine men, and, and you're saying Milo that it's important that we learn, and and that's that, that but that's what we're doing. I mean, we're learning in real time. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no, you know, and this is what I love about this manager. He he sets the the problems are there and, and he sets the challenges. I actually thought in the end, if you look at the subs, it's very interesting because the the move for the winning goal actually comes from a very, very quick, quick ball out from Davis. It's not a long ball. It's a short one to Hoybier, who very quickly plays it forward. So the two of them are, which is fascinating because they're both dialed into Angie's way. And they're both playing to the final, which is brilliant. And, uh, you know, I, I'd say Hoybier was probably the only sub that I think particularly worked um, out of the ones he made. You know, I, 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 there wasn't a huge amount of options on the bench. No, I thought that was remarkable. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think in terms of kind of criticising the performance, uh, you know, as I said, you know, it's kind of looking at ways we can improve. And I think, you know, the complacency that I think there was uh, you know, between kind of our first goal and uh, and theirs, um, I think maybe it's not a bad time for that to happen because, you know, we've got Luton next weekend, which is a game in the past we might have, um, you know, kind of soft-pedaled into thinking that we've got it won before we've started. I suspect that, you know, if Ange sees it the same as I do, it's a big if, obviously, but if he does, then I suspect that he'll give them a bit of a, a roasting for um, for some of that complacency this week. And that might not be a bad timing for that and like, kind of give them a kick up the arse going into the game next weekend. He certainly didn't look happy on the sidelines at that point. There's plenty to, to like about this game. There's plenty to, you know, to admire. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think there's also bits where we, I think we could have done better. 
um, you know, albeit, albeit with mitigating circumstances. Yeah, I'll put the other view of what I think you might be seeing. And I saw this with Saar in the first half in particular, where I thought, okay, on occasion, I thought he was a little loose, a little loose than usual. And I actually looked at him and I thought, wow, there's a lot of minutes in that in those legs. He looks a little tired. And I think that nobody can 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 properly fathom the amount of physical and mental energy that this young side has put out into these first games uh, especially the nature of which we're winning these games some of them last minute I think it's taking its toll I think that's yeah. part of the learning process is how to manage that and, and and I think we actually did look a little tired and I think let's face it Liverpool are the first 97 minute team we've played I think even with nine men they, they pose problems because they don't stop they will keep going as well and I don't think any side this season we've faced has done that so I don't think we, we got the chance to maybe even take a breather in that uh, game i mean they yeah just I, mean, I think that's a fair point about um about sar i think that's two um two relatively poor performances had on the trot i don't think he was particularly good against arsenal either um and maybe that's just fatigue fitting in maybe that's um you know it could just be form you know he's a young player it's gonna be ups and downs um yeah he's and, come from the he's come from the fringes to being a regular yeah in, in the blink of an eye and yeah, i think yeah, there's a but, fair few of them you know yeah, so you know, I think you know that, that that it could be that. Yeah, I mean, I think we've also probably got to say that you know, once Liverpool actually, even when they went down to ten, but certainly once they, when they went down to nine, um, they were you know time wasting. There was lots of tactical fouls in there. They were trying to break up play, um, you know, and again. I mean, the, the bits, points where we played into that. There, there was a Robertson say, rewatched it. I, I, saw, I saw it yesterday as well. But there's a bit where Robertson managed to foul, I think, three players in quick succession, got a yellow yeah. card for it. And um, kind of they're bleating about their kind of performance afterwards. I was thinking about kind of, you know, if you go on a long car journey and you get, you, go through th- uh, three speed cameras uh, breaking the speed limit and you could get a ban before you've actually got out of the car and yeah. you know football that yeah. doesn't happen you could you did three fouls in succession you still just get the one yellow rather than actually yeah and he's and he was one of the people they caught close up on camera saying 10 men 10 men like trying to make this point that that you know they were on 10 men so like they should have a little more what mercy or so i i oh, well we'll get man. into that but yeah i i i that's another challenge that this side. I mean, I thought there were several new challenges for this side to overcome. Yeah. I really yeah. did. Yeah. And, and in uh, fairness, had, go on. Yeah, yeah. Allison had to make a couple of smart saves as well. Yeah, um, the, you know, the, the one from Sonny was incredible. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how he got to that. That was a yeah. brilliant shot. So, Sonny's snapshot, and there's two decent ones from Addison as well, with the curlers kind yeah. of to the to the far post. I think the second one particularly, he did very well to get his hand to it. Yeah. Um, but then yeah. Vicario had a fantastic double save too. In yeah, the really good. Half, which, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the sort of the, he's making the sort of saves that Hugo hasn't been for three yes. seasons. Yes. All those and kind some. of near posty ones. Yeah, and some. You know? Yeah, yeah. Go on. <laughs> well, no, yeah, I think, yeah I think, I think, yeah, I think, I think, Larissa's slide's been a bit longer than that, and um, yeah. yeah, no, uh, excellent performance. Should we move on to that? The sending offs. Yeah, let's do I mean, it. Let. Do we think they were both fair? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't, I don't care what Gary fucking Neville says. Whether there was intent or not, Jones hit an ankle break or yeah, it, so and he had the, to go. The, the rules don't say anything about intent. I was a, I had, again on Sky, we had um, the pleasure of Jamie Redknapp's company like, at half time and, and afterwards. And he was saying the same kind of thing. And it was kind of a, almost that he's not that type of player discussion, which has got fuck all to do with anything. And it does, you know, and obviously he got the ball. I mean, and again, it doesn't matter. 
Yeah, and again, it doesn't matter. Sorry, he didn't say. I'm paraphrasing with the he. He's not that type of player. Uh, but but he was saying that he wasn't trying to break his ankle. Or wasn't trying to break his leg. So that should have been taken nice into should have been taken into consideration. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the, you know, and and like, he and he got he got a bit of the ball, which again is irrelevant. He, he's going over the top of the ball. He's got his studs up. He goes down the ankle. You can see the ankle bend. Um, it's dangerous, and you know, there's no argument over it. If you watch it in real time, again. It's actually, I think, a coward's challenge the way he's gone in. Because if you want to go in for that ball and not like go in and try and win the ball and not hurt the opponent, you won't go in over the top like that. He's gone in and he's stabbed at it. That's a coward's challenge. It's 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 and it's foul. And and actually, all the ball does is take away the force of the challenge. If the ball's not there, that's I mean, the the ball yeah. it just glides off his heel. Yeah. It, it doesn't yeah. change the course of his boot. It actually probably saves a serious injury. So, so the other one that uh, Redknapp said was that uh, Basuma's a tricksy player. You know, he can go this way and that, and it's very difficult to read. So therefore, you don't know what he's going to do. So you're fine going studs up onto his ankle. You know, it's just so... <laughs> We got to see the replay of the tackle during the ref monitor yeah, check in the we, stadium. We could, hear, we could hear the groan in the... Yeah, there was an audible gasp. And then the stadium, there was a lot of anger because it was like, why wasn't that a straight red in the first place? Yeah. You know, but yeah. it was when you right. see it back, you're like, of course that's a yeah. Right. On TV, the first time we saw it from the other side, so you couldn't see um, Basuma's blocking the camera shot. So when and then we get the reverse angle, and you can see it from there. Um, yeah, my my first instinct when I when I saw it clearly was that's a red. You know, that's that's yeah. really yeah. dangerous. Yeah. You know, if there Absolutely. was no intent, then why did Sonny get sent off for being in the vicinity of a player that had, and, did have his leg broken, you know, and, uh, and when we were playing Everton? And, and the Yotta one? He's not that type of player. Yeah, and the Yotta one. And then when Luis Suarez kicked Paul, um, uh, Scott Parker so, in the in the Emerson ribs. Royale at so Arsenal I, last I, I mean, you just go I, on and on and I, on with these, you know. I mean, it's sorry, just... I, sorry, I meant was Yotta sending off? Fair. I wasn't. Oh, I, wasn't right. I wasn't opening. It, I wasn't opening. It, wasn't opening oh. it up so we could complain about past decisions Absolutely. over the last decade. Because you know, uh, it's, not, it's, it's not a Liverpool pod. No, that's right. That's right. Um, it's not a Liverpool pod. No, look. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you know, I, look. Everyone gets soft yellows. Udogi got a soft yellow in the first half. Actually, it wasn't a yellow, and it led to Liverpool's goal. Um, so you know, let's 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 not beat around the bush. Soft yellows do happen, but as has been said, and uh, well, I'm going to leave you to to tell that bit, Milo. I'll just because there is a story behind the first yellow, um, the second yellow that that Yotta got. Yeah. Stupid boy, stay yeah. on your feet. It, I mean, Udogi it, it, got a, Udogi got what I consider to be a soft yellow in the North London derby in the first fifteen minutes. It managed to play ninety, like nearly a hundred minutes of football yeah. without making a challenge like that on quite possibly one of the best players in the league. Yeah. So you know, Yotta's clearly allowed Udogi to get into his head. There, he's been beaten by him again, and he's taken a chop on the floor from behind on a yellow card. Stupid boy, take yeah. an early bath and don't yeah. push the margin, thinking just because one person's been sent off, you can get away with it. You can't. Thankfully, I mean, most of the time you can, which is one of the bigger mistakes in football. So, mm. but uh, someone else should get into the first yellow because that's the one that, you know, the cacophony from the Northwest has been, you know, echoing around. So who wants to take that on? Yeah, I mean, I've kind of touched it on already, touched on it already in that Liverpool were trying to do tactical fouls in order to try and slow the game down and, and break, up our, break up our momentum, um, you know, which is one of the ways that you can... You know, you can deal with the team, <laughs> deal with the team when you're, you know, trying to see out a game, which is, you know, what, you know, what they wanted to do. Um, I mean, the ref had had a chat with, um, with Yotta. I think there was a challenge on Basuma that was, was pretty nasty and, you know, a couple of others as well. And he'd had a word with them and just said, you know, 
one more and then you know it's a it's a tap it's an ankle tap there's only the slightest of touch touches but you you only need the slightest of touches um and it so it's an acute for an accumulation of of offenses um so again they can't complain this happens all the time and you know and then yeah as you said the second one is is pretty blatant and, and he should have been smarter um you know he's only on the field for 20 minutes so he's done well to get an, you know a yellow for an accumulation of offenses and then a second offense so you know you're looking at kind of four fouls in 20 minutes on the pitch which is you know pretty impressive he's an experienced premier league player and, and uh yesterday he was his own worst enemy because you know yeah. like that's the thing the the um the second was soft but situationally he made silly decision you know that was the thing it was like you're going to put yourself in a situation where there's a possibility you get yes. a yellow card he's far too experienced you know to to be to be thinking like that but he he did you know and, and he I, messed up and that that's that's pretty much it and i think there is a human element to this as well which is I don't know. I'm, I wasn't in the referee's shoes, but it certainly seemed to me that from the moment he's made that first sending off, Liverpool were, were, were really up in the ante. As you said, Milo, they're like, you know, pulling all sorts of tricks out of the book in terms of trying to manipulate the game. I think the referee was getting it left and right from their players all the time. And it can become almost a human thing where, you know, the referee's thinking, oh, OK, really? You think you're going to be able to bully me yeah, out, I of, mean... out of this? You think so? <laughs> You think I don't, I, if, so? Don't give me an opportunity because I will take it. Yeah, I don't think we I can. Will compl- take I, I don't think we can talk too much about kind of talking to the ref. When you've got Madison and Richarlison on the pitch, he's probably getting plenty from our guys as well. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, critically, uh, you know, what I would say is that we then, if we're on a yellow card, don't give him an excuse to no, make a course, second decision. And I think that that's what Liverpool were looking to do. They were looking to. The, the, yeah. There was a building sense of grievance in the in the. I mean, yeah, and, and, and we're going to get on. And, get and on I think, the, and I think, you know, in. In terms of you know all of that, you know, we talked about the um, you know the foul on Poro, Poro from uh, you know which was was pretty nasty the elbow, you know Salah getting the yellow he got the yellow card for um, for mouthing back at the ref after he after he the, the foul on, on pulling back uh, Romero, but I thought actually the pull back was pretty pretty nasty as well and you know could have, could have seen the yellow for that as well so um, you know there's plenty of decisions in that game that you know they got away with and went their way. Um, I don't. Yeah, I really don't think they can complain about either. Well, I mean, obviously no. they are, but I don't think they complain about either. Either red. Should we go on to something that they probably do have fair yeah, reason to no. complain about? They say the disallowed goal, uh, which would have put them one nil up. Um, I mean, it's just a stinker, isn't it? It's just a bad decision. It's not. It's, just, it's not much more to say other than that, is there? It was. I was very upset by it, and it <laughs> stopped me from celebrating. I've, I have written to my local MP to complain, and I've asked for the. You know, I really think the game should be replayed because this is Liverpool FC we're talking about. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't think anyone with a brain would deny that it is a very bad error in context of what VAR is meant to be. Okay, in terms of a mistake for a disallowed goal, I don't know how many people have been watching football for less than 10 years. Apparently, most of the Northwest, because I routinely remember mistakes about offside goals. I mean, mistakes were part of the game. And I think one of the really interesting side conversations that's come from this is the whole concept of VAR. And what it's bought in terms of people's expectations of these moments. And I'm going to I'm going to quote Ange here, if I can, just because I think that he really summed it up very nicely for me. Uh, I hope I hope you all agree. Um, He said the game is littered with historical refereeing decisions that weren't right. But we all accepted that it was part of the game because we're dealing with human beings. I think that people are under the misconception that VAR is going to be errorless. I don't think. 
there's any technology because so much of our game isn't factual it's down to interpretation and there's still human beings and when you put such a high bar on something it invariably is going to fail so if people are thinking that var is going to be something that at some point that is perfect that's never going to happen and i think that that's a very relevant point this all comes down to var yeah a clear mistake it's a mistake there's been an error the VAR itself has not committed the error. It's it's the geezer who is in the VAR bar, if you will, who's committed the error in communication. It's a communication error. And look, it is poor. It is terrible. But I think the weight of, 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 of angst behind this decision, and, and, and Milo, you read Liverpool's statement, official statement. I mean, this is the, the disproportion. I mean, we, look, I have to say it. I just want, and look, I hope I've not stolen anyone's thunder here, but I think we all agree, and I don't want to be that echo chamber, but it bears mentioning. In 2019, we suffered, uh, I think, a, a, an egregious decision of, of, of such proportions that it changed the rules. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we've all, we've all suffered poor decisions, poor interpretation. It, it, yeah. it happens. But it was a bad decision. It was a, a really bad decision and an unprecedented set of events that, that led to that goal being disallowed, you know. But it's the, it's the level of entitlement that Liverpool seem to have. And, and actually, that goes to show how many decisions don't go um, that badly for them. Because if that ha- shoe's on the other foot, that happens to us. We'd have justified anger. We'd feel a sense of injustice. We'd be annoyed. We'd be talking about it on foot, on you know, on forums and on social media. And then we just have to get on with it. But when you know teams like Liverpool, and it's not just Liverpool. There's a, there's a couple of other teams in the league. It's the same. You know, our neighbours being one. When it happens to them, it's almost like everything has to stop and we need to take a look at why this went wrong and how on earth something like this could happen to a club of our stature yeah i think it's probably worth looking at the process of kind of what happened there i mean the the the, the linesman flags for it which they're meant to kind of delay flagging now flagging for the offside which means that he's pretty certain that it is offside and the ref has kind of disallowed the goal for that reason far at that point, would be thinking, you know, we're led to believe that they thought it, that the goal had been given and they were checking to see whether there was anything to stop the goal being given. Um, so, I mean, you're right in terms of communication. The ref should have said, uh, and I'm sure we'll hear the audio in time, uh, the ref should have said, goal's been disallowed. Is that, you know, is that right? Is that, is that the right decision? Um, but, you know, the, the VAR haven't thought that. They thought they were checking whether the goal, the goal was good and said, yes, it's good, you're ready to go. And then, obviously, we, the refs restarted with a free kick and then it can't be, um, they can't go back on it at that point uh, once the game's restarted. I mean, I think since Howard Webb took over um, being in charge of uh, PGMOL, uh, they've been a lot better at being open about mistakes. And I think the, the new TV program they've got where they go through some of those, um, you know, kind of contentious decisions over the month, over the month and, and talk through what's going on there, I think is good twofold. I mean, firstly, you know, the, the, the one last month in September, I think all oh, but one of them, he admitted that there was mistakes there and he was quite open about what went wrong on those and, you know, whether it was a, a major mistake or a, a minor one and, and how, how that happened. Uh, and, you know, they're playing the audio, the conversations between the uh, VAR and, uh, and the on-field ref and, sh- you know, showing it and also talking about precedent, you know, what's happened before, which all of, all of which I think is to be welcomed. And I'm sure this will be one of those incidents that's picked up there and they'll they'll play the audio and we'll hear exactly what was said. I mean, if the ref hasn't said about, it, you know, the, the it being a, an offside decision on, on field, then actually... Yeah, the fault of the decision is with the on-field officials rather than necessarily the VAR process, or sorry, VAR itself, because um, he's given the wrong 
yeah, the wrong steer to the VAR refs. But yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see see what what comes out of this and what they what they show. So, I mean, what I think is fascinating, and this is where I actually have to say, I was I was very surprised by Jurgen Klopp because I thought I actually put my bafflers on expecting a, a cacophony from him. But what he has said was essentially very, very true. He said it's 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 an obvious mistake. I knew it. He said, you know, it's nice to get the apology. It's not going to do anything for us now. I don't think anybody made the mistake on purpose. We just have to get to the bottom of why it happened. And I think he's absolutely right. That That's all we have to do. As a member of the paying football public, personally, I, I, I agree with you, Milo. I think it's great that there's transparency. But I think there is a certain point where we have to trust that they will take care of their own business. If I don't hear the audio from that, I'll be fine. I think that there's sufficient integrity and, shall we say, also embarrassment at decisions of that poverty that they will take care of their own business without this forensic analysis from a public that simply just want to hang someone it's a terrible mistake and, and let's hope that the, and, and i trust that they will put things in measure that you know enable it not to happen again i think the other thing we've got to consider here is that um and this kind of goes through all of the kind of conversation we've had over the last kind of 10 15 minutes or so where we were talking about the various kind of decisions and it's one of the reasons why i don't really like talking about them on the pod too much is that i think and i'm not saying we do this but i think it's just generally is that the broadcasters try to create a narrative for the week they want a story that they can run through until the next set of games and they also want a load of clips that they can share on social media and create hype and create a story and all you know kind of drive traffic and drive viewers and you know if you talk even about the um the first sending off the jones sending off where it's over uh, you know, over the top of the ball the kind of the ignorance of the people you know of rednap and others when they're talking about this isn't an issue for sky they don't care that their their commentators they don't or their pundits don't know the rules they don't care about that because what they care about is stirring something up they they want to have a story and they want to have a narrative and it's all about creating this up and i think you know where Angie's right about kind of what used to happen with refs and what's now happening with vars yeah. the people who are pissing and moaning about var are exactly the same people who are pissing and moaning about refs before var came in it doesn't make any fucking difference because they just right. want to whinge all the time yeah. and there's always going to be marginal decisions whatever system you have in place there's and right. obviously as fans we all feel aggrieved when something doesn't go our way yeah, yes. you know, obviously some react you know, more than others, but you know that's the nature of being a fan. And but yeah, you know, what's happening is that Sky and you know BT, Sky are worse for it. I think create a storm, create a story, so they've got something to push, and oh, and and you know that's what's going on. And no, that's absolutely right. I mean, look, and even though I am guilty uh, on this particular pod of going back several years to a decision that I still have a hard time getting over, I mean, the bottom line is you do have to get up, get on with it. And I mean, in this particular ex- situation, I think we're all sort of striking at the heart of it. Um, I think it's that perfect storm of entitlement versus error versus, as you say, Milo, this incredibly steroided, like sensationalist hype culture where every moment has to be forensically analysed. And the thing about but the moments we've I been I wouldn't here. mind if it was forensic. It's not forensic. It's the no. exact opposite of forensic. Sure. They, okay. they, you know, it's there's conspiracy. no analysis. There's no analysis. No, that's right. It's kind of tinfoil hat, you know, fair it's tr- Trumpian hype, you know. That's what fair it, we, we've that's, got. Yeah, f- yeah. Fair point. The wrong word, forensic. Unforensic noise, shall we say. That, uh, But, you know, the cacophony is maybe not refined to any point of... of, of <laughs> proper analysis i mean i think the thing that really upset me the most about all of this is and i said this at the top it got in the way of what i thought was a pretty fascinating game and it actually really blocked uh some finer analysis of our performance 
and and as we've seen in the first half an hour that in and of itself had more than enough conversation points between us to warrant a a greater attention than it's been getting um and and that's the biggest issue and i think what's been lost out of all of this and this may be to our this may be actually to our benefit in the long run Mm -hmm. you know everyone is now gonna you know the the narrative of this game the common narrative uh, the unforensic narrative, as, as as you would say, Milo, is, you know, we was lucky. Uh, well, actually, not really. There's a lot more to it than that. But maybe it's good. Maybe that's what we want people to think, that we're just the lucky side who get the breaks. Because the truth is far from that. Uh, and, and Jürgen Klopp will know that. I mean, Klopp's no idiot. He knows he played a proper team yesterday. But I think the other thing with Klopp is, I mean, yeah, he, he's very, very good at deflecting. And... Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I think you know. I saw his comments as well. I think there's a lot of kind of pas- passive aggression in in what he says, and he was kind of yeah. playing the whole "oh, I can't say anything because they'll only go and find me or ban me" or that kind of stuff, and playing up to it. And um, so you know, he he he, it's all a kind of nod and a wink and a, a, and what have you. Um, but also, you know, he's 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 got his excuse. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't need to. Um, he doesn't need to come up, you know, to create anything or what have you. He's got his excuse for, you know, for losing. And, yeah. you know, they were, they were the team on the longest winning streak in Europe. So, you know, beating them is a real achievement. And yes. I, I, you know, for as critical as I ha- have been about their performance, you know, there was plenty of chances we had there to, to score. Um, you know, beforehand, I think, you know, when they went down to nine men, if we'd been a goal up at that point, I think it would have been a very different game. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Allison, yeah, pulled out at least three, you know, top top draw saves. Yeah. Um, that any other time would have been scored. And, you know, and to be fair, you know, when we were prepping for this game, we probably weren't thinking that this was going to be like playing Sheffield United or Brentford. And that's what it ended up being for the last, you know, kind of, you know, twenty, twenty five minutes. Totally. And we're not, you know, it it does actually annoy me that we're not getting, well, no, it, it annoys me to a point that we're not getting credit we deserve or the players aren't getting the credit they deserve. It happened the same with Arsenal as well. But also I I do agree that it is good for us to go a little bit under the radar as well, you know, and um, we're, we're getting to a point now where, you know, a couple more wins, then the, the hype train's really going to start running and and you know i just i would i would prefer us to keep going as we are and just learning each game yeah um, and just progressing yeah it's interesting if you look at the fixture i think the next four or five are reasonably kind we've got a few yeah. i think three of three of the five are away from home and then when we get to kind of late november early december we've got is it villa west ham city and newcastle haven't we on a run so which i think is probably really where we find out you know what we're made of. If we can come through those with you know some reasonable points on it, then it really puts yeah. us in a really really strong position for the second half of the season. Yeah, we've got those three in the week, haven't we? We've got City away, then West Ham on the Tuesday, then Newcastle, whether it's a Saturday or the Sunday, and yeah. that's really going to tell us a lot. But we keep on saying this about this side, and they keep on showing their learning. And I think, yeah. you know, one of the things that we haven't touched on. Well, maybe I'll make it in the positives and negatives. So I'm going to save that. Uh, we've talked about the subs uh, to an extent. I don't know if we want to get into that anymore. I think we've uh, I think probably we should. Yeah, I think uh, Ram. Do you have anything to add on the subs? No, not really. I kind of, I think, I think they were they were born out of uh, kind of necessity. Uh, yeah. You know, I think we just needed some fresh legs, and and you know, and like Milo said, I think that the the quality drop off was there, but um, you know, that there it had to be done. And I think Sonny, on the flip side, it would have been good to keep Sonny on, knowing we, that we were playing against nine men. But we also know now that he wasn't a hundred percent. Yeah, he pulled up, didn't off. he? He said, "I've got yeah. to come off." I think it was. I think he felt the fatigue in that muscle. In, yeah. In the interviews afterwards, Ange said in the post match presser, he said that he the plan was always to give him an hour or so. 
but yeah. that Sun wanted to play, and that you know both Madison and Sun have been carrying knocks through the week. So I think you know it's pretty it's, it's expected, and you know the problem we've got is that you know if Johnson or Perisic or you know, La Celso were fit, then you've got you know, you've got different options and more you know absolutely to to bring yeah. in there and it's massive even Brian Hill at this point is 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 fast emerging yeah. as someone who is probably going to going to get a, a good shot it certainly is talking him up like that isn't he i mean look do we want to talk about what we think of Liverpool have we said enough um i, I mean they're, they're a very dangerous team i yeah. thought you know i thought that they they um did well at sort of trying to dictate how we played well in the second half you know and um a lot more experience in their side than us but i do think they need to look at their defensive options and build again from the back but they've they've spent well elsewhere i think you know they're they're obviously going to be there or thereabouts yeah i mean i think you know they're halfway through a real rebuild aren't they i think there's a number of players there who are um you know a, a shadow of maybe that's maybe that's been a bit harsh but not as good as they were a few seasons ago and um are going to need replacing sooner or later um but they've Bought well. I was quite impressed with the players they brought in the summer. I thought that not having a, a proper number six was going to be a problem for them. And, uh, you know, maybe it still will, will be, but they look fine at the moment. And, um, yeah, a real test. I think probably actually our, our toughest game so far. Mm. And, um, you know, good, you know, good to come through it. I think one of the saddest things for me about the, the fallout from this game is that I actually have a great deal of admiration for Liverpool and a great deal of admiration for what Klopp has done and what he's managed to maintain there through several, through many seasons. Um, and I look at them as a standard uh, of how to play football. I think they're a great side. I look at them, their supporters generally, as a standard of how to, to, to appreciate good football. And in person, the Liverpool supporter in person is generally very fair. They will have a moan, like we all do, but then they let it go. But as Gareth, uh, for, uh, our very own Gareth said in, in a message, I think we all got, you know, there's no greater disparity, it seems, between Liverpool supporters who go to games and Liverpool supporters on the internet. And and that's a huge disappointment. And it just, I just think it's tasteless and it's a little classless because they are an excellent football side. And, you know, I think they, I think they played really well yesterday with all that, all that happened. Yet there they are making me feel negative about them there's no there's no need for it yeah yeah. well there we are so closing thought (laughs) one positive and one negative i'd say in 30 seconds but i doubt that so ram off you go i can do it i can do both in 30 seconds i think our our negative was there was a little bit of negativity creeping in from some of the fans Mm -hmm. uh, when we weren't bulldozing the opposition at one all and two men up so um, we just need to remember where we are and how far we're into this um process with Bagange. and the positive we never stop um negative yeah just a bit slow black width made it a bit harder than i think we should have done and um yeah that little bit of complacency that was there i think for about 15 minutes and positive i mean it's just you know a a really you know hard for three points um you know again who would have who would have thought we would have got to this point in the season unbeaten um you know really impressive and one last positive actually we play Luton at lunchtime on Saturday. We, if we win that, we go top. And City and Arsenal are playing each other next weekend. So if they kind of share the points, or, or yeah, if they share the points, or Arsenal win, then we stay top. Mm. And that would go. That's going into the international break. So you know, yeah. a real, real chance there to to go into the international break on top of the league, which would be you know really huge, yeah. huge. Yeah. Um. I'll start with the negative. It's somewhat what you were saying, Ram. I, I just I think 
I really wish people would see the game that is being played rather than the numbers that are presented to them. And I don't think 11 v 9 was a fair reflection of what was actually happening on the pitch. And, and I, I feel that people need to be a little smarter and a little uh, more educated. And I'll also nick a little bit of what Milo said earlier, whereby I do wish pundits would actually understand what we're doing mm. um, and, and, and why it doesn't look like we're, we're charging forward like the light brigade every five minutes because we're playing football. Uh, a little more appreciation for our football, if that's a, a negative, would be good. Um, I think I think the positive is once again we found an answer to another challenge that was put in front of us. Um, uh, yes, ninety seventh minute. Who cares? You know, you play the minutes that are there, and they're there for a reason. And as Ange said, you know, uh, I think it was Ange who said this that you know we forced. You know, the decisions came that were from us forcing the play. Actually, I don't think it was Ange. I think I'm misquoting him. Somebody made the point. Those decisions that went against Liverpool, most of them come from us forcing the play. You know, those cards don't happen unless we're forcing the play. And we continue to do that and we continue to learn on the job. Final positive, I think we all agree, how brilliant to open up our social media browsers and see that none other than Henry Winkler, the Fonz himself, <laughs> had posted a response to our very own Ange Postecoglou. I thought that was absolutely beautiful. So uh, a massive positive that the Fonz watches Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. I don't think he watches us, Steph. I think it's to say, like with Robbie Williams. Don't be a dream thief. Like with the Robbie Williams <laughs> thing, it was a, one of our fans kind of reaching out to them and no, getting no. them to do it. But no, I mean, I, I, they I love was, us. I, Everyone I, I loves was us talking, now, mate. I was talking to a friend on or talking to some friends on Twitter earlier on saying, I think we really ought to lean into this because we've got this power now that if we talk about things, they kind of, they happen. They, they materialize. And I'm not going to settle until we've resurrected David Bowie and he's on the center circle of the pitch at White Hart Lane <laughs> singing Sarman. Uh, before a game i think we've got the power to do this or m- maybe maybe Ange could say that he thought that donald trump was great as the host of the apprentice and he ought to give up politics and then it'll just happen yeah these are the, this is the kind of power we've got at the moment we could we could use this for good <laughs> did you wow. say Starman or Sarman? Sarman. 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 Of course he said Sarman. Yeah, yeah. You should, you should know him better than that. It. If he's going to go all woo-woo and fantasy, he's going to go full hog. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd settle for either of those, but it's a, it feels good right now. But uh, bring us back to... Anyway, we all enjoyed the win. Fantastic. Wonderful. And uh, yes... The week that was, okay, Luka Vuskovic, the highly rated Croatian central defender Luka Vuskovic has signed a deal with Spurs that will see him join the club in 2025 from Hajduk Split. Uh, the reason for the delay is the UK's post-Brexit work permit rules, barring the transfer of players under the age of 18. Another win for Brexit. Uh, Luka was being chased by just about every top club in Europe and Manchester City had a bid turned down for him back in the spring. So yes, I think we would all agree this signing is a real coup. Uh, Vuskovic has made 11 senior appearances for Hajduk split in all competitions he's the youngest player ever to feature in the Croatian top flight and helped the Hajduk win the Croatian cup last season Luka was also part of the Hajduk split under 19 side that finished runners-up at the 2022-23 UEFA Youth League uh, early word says that he's a bit like uh, in the in the in the Vardiol Guardiol um uh, frame I, I i haven't seen enough of him i don't know if that's just a lazy comparison uh because they're both croatian but I, i'm i mean i'm I, i'm excited from a position of ignorance how's that because i know very little about yeah. him but my word it does sound it sounds tasty doesn't it yeah same here i don't really know anything about him but the fact that liverpool were probably trying to get him and didn't and we did makes me feel better is that another one we stole from yeah them? yeah exactly is that yeah. another thing that we robbed us yeah. i think i think pretty much everyone was after him so yeah it's a good good sign i'd say that that um that run they had in the uh okay the, the 
Champions League equivalent, the youth, whatever it's called. Um, so on the way to the final, they beat Man City, Dortmund and Milan. So not a bad run. Mm. It's exciting stuff. Shall I move on to Socius, which is um, less exciting? So on Thursday, we announced a partnership with Fan Engagement. I'm doing air quotes here. Uh, firm Socios. Socios has already had deals with Crystal Palace, Arsenal, Aston Villa, Everton and Man City in the Premier League as well as Barcelona and Juve and a number of other top European teams. Um, so us lucky members and season ticket holders are going to get an email offering us five free tokens this week. I think it's Wednesday they're due to hit our inboxes and then other tokens are available for anyone to buy. Um, the price was shown at two dollars but you have to buy socius's um crypto um called chilies to buy them and they've uh their price the price of their um their crypto has mysteriously bumped uh bumped up quite a bit just before just before this um this release um so the token entitles you to vote in meaningless polls and enter competitions uh through the socios app um they've also said that kind of the more tokens you have the better chance you've got of winning and i don't think that's just um incremental based on how many tokens i think it's kind of banded so it's kind of you know weighed in one way um there's no limit on the number of tokens you can buy lucky people but uh we should probably say that the tokens of all other clubs uh, who've got such a scheme apart from man city are currently worth less than our launch price so we can expect them to drop in value more or less immediately. The Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust, Proud Lily Whites, Spurs Reach, Spurs Ability have all voiced their opposition to the deal since it was announced. Um, I mean, I, I think this is really frustrating because things have been going so well. You know, we were talking about the vibes around the club. Everything's going well on the pitch. And then they're just going to fuck it up by doing something stupid like this. Do you agree? Yeah, totally agree. I mean, what you know, th- th- there's enough case studies already with the other clubs to show that. Firstly, you know, it's it's a Ponzi scheme. Secondly, there's enough case studies with the other clubs to show that it's not. You know, what 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 are we doing? This isn't something that we need to be getting involved with. I do what, and this is not at, not at all playing devil's advocate. I do wonder whether this was if you know whether this was something that was in place before the start of the season, and now they've just got they're, they're announcing it at this point. But even so, it should never have got to that point. It's interesting because we were, you know, again, talking about this before we started recording and, uh, you know, I was sort of incredulous that anyone could be stupid enough to still believe that crypto is anything but a Ponzi scheme and that all this business. And, and you know, Milo, you brought the, up the very good point that, you know, there are a lot of people who don't maybe pay close attention to these things and who genuinely might see things like, you know, you can have a vote. Like, so let's just make it clear. If any of you are what I would consider to be um, vulnerable enough to buy one of these uh, tokens, you're not going to be able to vote on the next Tottenham Hotspur central defence signing, or you're not going to be able to vote on tickets going down by 50%. You're probably going to be voting on what the best chicken sandwich is at which outlet in the club and whether you will ever buy a brown football shirt as a third kit. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And and, and it's actually embarrassing, I think, really. It's it's an insult to, to supporters and, and, and to us. Awful yeah. move. Awful. I, I think we ought to probably look at what happened with Palace. So the Palace ones have never really been fully traded because the when they'd released it, I think only about a third of the tokens were taken up. So it was a really poor response. And the Palace all organised, the fans organised a you know, pushback against this. And it's been partially successful. And I think we should be doing the same. And, you know, I mean, obviously I won't be taking up my tokens. I wouldn't buy any, you know, wouldn't, 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 I wouldn't buy them with your money, Steph. So, um, you know, I'll be, and I think I'd, I'd encourage other people to do the same, but obviously what you do with your money is your choice. I think the other thing that's interesting on this and just worth touching on. So the club, uh, released a statement 
to the Athletic. The Athletic ran a, a really good story on this, um, saying that uh, they'd engaged with the fan advisory board in advance of the announcement. Um, now, Fab, if you look at the minutes of Fab, there's no mention in there. There are rumours, and I say this is unsubstantiated, but the rumours that Fab members have had to sign NDAs in order to get on that, so they haven't been able to talk about it. And I think that this is kind of the second time since the launch of Fab that the club screwed them over. So the first on the ticket price rises, which again, they weren't informed of in advance, and then this where they've uh, they've been used as a fig leaf by the club, I think, you know, why they can't talk about it if, if, the ND, if the NDAs is true. And when Fab was launched, I think we gave it kind of, we were kind of cautiously optimistic about it and saying it's a good thing if the club engage in it in, in good faith. And I think this is suggesting that, that the club aren't. And I think that's really bad for the FAB members because it makes their position really difficult now, you know, in, in that, yeah, they're being used. And I think that's yeah, a real shame. I think you've you've spotted a, a really big problem because if indeed they are unable to comment on these situations, even in response, it's a massive problem because it is very possible they were consulted by the club. I wouldn't doubt it. But what we don't know is what they said. And what I think we could probably guess is that they would have said no. Well, but if they so, don't have the right to say that because of an NDA, and we're speculating, by the way, we don't know. We're, we're just talking as, as people trying to figure this out. So this is not these are not facts, but it seems there's something to investigate here, is doesn't it? It does seem those, like that. So yeah, I mean, those are the rumours. The rumours are that and obviously this hasn't come from a, a fab member. You know, I don't. But you know, the rumours are that they did push back in the meeting, but obviously it's not reflecting the minutes because it would have been commercial incompetence at that point. But then the club released a statement saying we've consulted with fab, and if fab can't talk about it and i haven't seen any of the mem- you know quite Awful. a few of the mem- quite a few of the members of fab are on twitter and none of them have been able to talk about this other than kind of a, a generic statement or being able to talk about what was said at fab um you know i think i think that's really it puts them in, puts them in an impossible position i think it's very interesting what it might do is and maybe this is how we're going to have to start decoding this if fab doesn't say anything about something like this you can pretty much guarantee that yes yeah. they were consulted and they didn't like it and if they say something positive about something that the club's doing yes they were consulted and they did like it but to your point it should be far more transparent than that and uh, i i i didn't know this this particular little situation so i i'm just, i'm hearing it from you here uh, i would like some more clarity on that because it's awful that's a terrible uh, terrible avenue down which to go yeah at the end of the day you're paying money for something that's worthless and doesn't really give you any access that you shouldn't already get through the club you know yeah, it's, it's money for nothing right. yeah and not even a check for free um so uh yeah i think we're all in agreement terrible thing uh well, let's let's end on one final note of uh, of greatness. I thought this was another Ange uh, a gem from Ange. And uh, remember when he was asked in the press conference prior to the Liverpool game, "Should I put Son in my fantasy league team?" Remember his answer? It was like, "Mate, you can do what you like. <laughs> I don't care." <laughs> I, don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Madison. Yeah, oh, <laughs> so you can do what you like, mate. I don't yeah. care. When he was in Scotland, he'd had a fantasy football league uh, like team. Uh, and it, when he come, becomes manager down here, he, he's barred from doing it. So he's had to stop doing it. So oh. he does have an interest in it. And actually, sorry, one final thing actually on, um, on fancy, fo- on fancy football. Porro issued an apology for, he, he got a yellow card for taking his shirt off after the assist. And he tweeted out an apology to everyone who played, had him in their fancy Premier League 
team because they would have got dock points for the yellow cards. <laughs> oh, wow. What a lovely man. And, and, and actually, before we go, and I know it's a little out of, organ- out of order here, he probably deserves a special mention, doesn't he, this he week? Yeah, yeah. Man of the match for me. I thought he was superb. And that would be his second man of the match performance in succession for me. Yeah. I think he's been absolutely brilliant. And, you know, we've all talked about how good he is going forwards. His one-on-one defender yesterday was absolutely out of this world. I think yes. at, the, at the moment, best right back in the league by a mile. I agree. Nice to end on that note. I think, Pedro, if you're going to do stuff like that in the last minute of games against teams like Liverpool, I don't mind if you take your shirt off a couple more times. Do you, chaps? <laughs> Not at all. No? All right, chaps. Well, let's let's leave it there. It has been a fun weekend. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Cheers, Steph. Thanks, Steph. All right. And next week, we'll be back to discuss our game against Luton and everything else that happens at Spurs between then and now. Until then, see ya.